So we're looking today at our theme for 2024. And last week I shared our theme for this house, kingdom come, kingdom come. And we uh, talked about our worship and we talked about our witness. We know that his kingdom comes. This is the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we've talked about our vocation in this new creation is this kingdom comes through us, through us. We're very blessed with what the Lord has done for us, but the world is waiting to be blessed for what the Lord will do through us, through us. And we realize it through us, through our worship and through our witness, his kingdom comes and his will is done. And we talked about our worship. This part of our life, of our supplication, of our celebration, of our adoration of God. And as a church, we're going to dive deep into and and enter, I believe, a new place personally for worship and a new place corporately as a church for worship. How many know the presence of the Lord will be right in the middle of all of that? And then also through our, our witness. And we know that our witness is, of course, our declaration. It's our transformation, and it's our demonstration of God's love and what he does through us. And, of course, missions is such a huge part of that. So this year, in 2024, if you were here two weeks ago, Mitch put together, and by the way, haven't the quality of these videos uh, been amazing? Callum uh, and Mitch and the team, they just do an amazing job on these videos. But you would have seen that seven-minute video that listed all 21 of our projects. And then you would be today on day 17 of personally fasting and praying and joining yourself with these that we are uh, supporting around the world. So in 2024, we are going to continue every single one of those projects plus. Plus, we're going to add three projects this year that I'll show you in just a moment. But in Nepal, we're going to continue rescue there with Destiny Rescue. And, and um, we were able this past year to, um, to help support a team that's rescued, that rescued 300 boys and girls. You know, during the last week, we were fasting for Destiny Rescue. And I don't know, I, I made this dumb decision to watch The Sound of Freedom again. Stewie and I went and saw that film. I hate that film. I mean, I hate the content of that film. It's about child trafficking. Stewie and I went and saw it at the movies when it first came out. We could hardly, we could hardly make it through. He's a big blubber anyway. And it's, uh, he wasn't helping me, let me just say. But there on that border. And so I thought, well, we're fasting today, so I'm going to watch it again. And I just can't hardly breathe when I think of evil that would traffic children. But this year, we are again going to be supporting a team there that uh, we're hoping, well, they're, they're, they're dreaming for 10 times the 300 that were rescued, boys and girls. Millions are, are trafficked. But last year, 300, through us, through us, there was an intervention to God be the glory. We're also going to continue in Burundi, where we have been building homes for widows. We're going to do another 12 homes this year through Sister Connection. We have built these homes, you know, uh, all up. Uh, We've built, what, three? Let me see the number. Is it up there? Look at this. 
that's a, that's a, that's a neighborhood. That's Cambridge Gardens right there, you know, or Cambridge Park. I mean, think of, through us, think of this, through us, through us, 369 homes have been built for desperate widows, many with children, and they live in homes through us. We'll build another 12 this year. Also in Cambodia, for we have been digging wells. We know that, you know, one of the highest rates, the actual statistical highest rate of death in Cambodia is due to waterborne illness. And we have been digging wells there now for since 2011. We're going to dig another 12 this year. And 153 wells in 153 village location areas. And we've been told that everywhere that we've ever dug a well, there's been a church planted there through us, through us. And then in India, the last two years, through Dr. David Moore, we have been able to fund 2,000, in two years, 2,000 cataract surgeries. We're going to fund another 1,000 this year, that by the end of this year, through us, 3,000 cataract surgeries will have been performed in India. And then also in Vietnam, where we do heart surgeries. And we have been doing heart surgeries there for over a decade now. We're going to do another 12, actually for long, longer than a decade, isn't it? And uh, since 2005, this will bring our total to 428 surgeries for babies, children, and little boys and girls who have life. Their families have life. They have a future through us, through us. And then in Liberia where we work with, you know, Timothy and Gertrude, and well, we, we're doing, you know, wonderful things with children. But last year, we bought 18 motorcycles. I mean, you could start a gang with 18 <laughs> motorcycles. We bought, purchased, and paid for 18 motorcycles for church planters. And now these church planters have a reach far beyond where they could walk. This year, we're going to... Uh, uh, support another 18. And so by the end of this year, that'll be 36 motorcycles that we've bought. Man, do we have a photo of just one of those motorcycles by itself up there? I mean, they're pretty cool. Maybe, well, there we go. There we go. But these are for church planters. And so we're going to just continue all. We're not going to go through them, but I just want you to have a glimpse of what we're doing. And of course, how we're doing it is through our faith promise. Three new projects this year. Now, this first one, Mitch and I were so undone when we were in Kenya in November. And we visited a ministry there that broke our heart, took our breath away. And we went into this compound, and the, the video will come up here in just a moment. But I want you to know what you'll be looking at is not stock footage. Mitch is going to take you right inside this compound where these little boys and girls are and where these single mothers are, and you're gonna see our first new project this year. Thank you. In Nairobi, Kenya, there are young girls, some as young as 12, who have tragically become victims of incest rape by their fathers or grandfathers. These girls find themselves pregnant, burdened with shame, trauma, and guilt. In their fear and desperation, they flee. These girls and their children are at risk as their children are evidence of a crime. 
But in the midst of such darkness, there is hope. Wings of Compassion is a ministry dedicated to providing care, support and protection for 28 of these young girls. They are a beacon of light in their lives, offering a helping hand when it's needed the most. This year, we have the opportunity to stand with Wings of Compassion to make a difference in the lives of these girls in need. Together, we will provide new bathroom facilities, breathing new life into the care that they're able to provide. Together, as we join with Wings of Compassion, hand in hand, we will bring hope, healing, and a brighter future for these young girls. before we entered that compound, he said, I thought we were kind of going into the gates of hell because he said he couldn't think of a darker situation or scenario. Instead, we found a place where Jesus's joy had transformed and rescued and redeemed situations beyond belief with genuine joy and genuine grace in God. These girls are for, brought all the way through they, go, they get to go to school. One or two of the girls have already graduated from uh, college. And it's just a life, a wonderful life. And it's not the darkest place on earth, even though the circumstance is so dark. But you can see it's filled with Jesus and filled with joy. Our second, you want to give the Lord an applause? That's great. <laughs> Secondly, we're going to increase the work that we're doing with Dr. Sosthen in Bakavu. We're going to expand that work. We've been able and privileged to be a part there of, of the hospital and, and we've been a part of the prison ministry there and we've also been a part of uh, re training abandoned girls. We're going to expand a little bit of that ministry. We're going to set up a clinic in another village, a maternity clinic in another village and also we're going to supply that pharmacy in the prison with malaria pills and, and medicine. So let's just have a look. Since 2012, we've been supporting Dr. Sosten and the Selpa Hospital, making a significant impact in Bukavu and the surrounding regions. In 2024, we're committed to bringing life to the people of Bukavu through three new initiatives. In the village of Nantende, on the outskirts of Bukavu, there's a desperate need for a maternity clinic. We've already seen the impact of our previous project with Dr. Sosten, where a maternity clinic was constructed, resulting in over 100 births every single month. Now, we believe for the same impact in Nintendo. We will also provide care and training to young girls who've been abandoned by their families. Our support and guidance will give them vocational training and help lift these girls and empower them to stand on their own. Lastly, in Bukavu Prison, where we've been providing meals for the past two years to over 2,000 prisoners, we'll be sending medicine to care for the sick. 
The infirmary at the prison currently lacks the necessary medicine to treat those who are sick or injured. Our support will make a significant difference in caring for the sick. Together, we can bring hope, help and support those in desperate need in Bukavu. And finally, we're branching out this year into uh, two new places through Open Doors Ministry. The two most probably dangerous places on earth to be a Christian would be Yemen and Nigeria. And we know the terrible things that have happened to schoolgirls, Christian girls in Nigeria that have been raided, and uh, Boko Haram and the terrorists there have, have made life miserable. Many pastors have been killed there. But we are going to partner with Open Doors to do something hopeful and helpful in Yemen and Nigeria. Please look to the screen. Freedom to worship. It's something we can easily take for granted. The ability to gather with God's church, to read the Bible, to share our faith. But in so many nations across the world, that freedom doesn't exist. In the nation of Yemen, Christians are frequently arrested, interrogated, threatened, imprisoned, and even killed for practicing their faith. For many, secret house churches are the only way to have fellowship. And that's where we come in. We are providing support for house churches in Yemen by partnering with Open Doors. We're offering biblical resources, discipleship training, food packages, medicine, and more. Nigeria is considered the most violent place on earth to be a Christian. Churches are attacked and Christians are abducted and indiscriminately targeted. Every year, thousands of Christian women, especially those married to pastors, lose their husbands to abductions or killings. But we don't leave them alone. Through partnering with Open Doors, we will empower widows in Nigeria with income generating activities helping them provide for their families after the loss of their husbands. Together, we stand for our brothers and sisters across the world, letting them know that they are not alone. Amen. I'd like everybody to please reach around where you are and please put in your hand a faith promise card. They're everywhere. They're all around us. If you would just put that in your hand for this moment. And I wonder if you would just say two words with me together in unison through us. Would you say that with me? Through us. Would you turn and look at your neighbor and show them the faith promise card and say, through us. One more time, the other neighbor, through us. Thank you. Everything that we've seen on the screen. Thank God it's not just stopped for us, but it's continued through us. And everything that you've seen on the screen has happened by God's grace and goodness and kindness to us through us.
So our quote this year is from John Newton. And of course, we know that he uh, was a slave trader and uh, a vile, uh, angry, cruel man who became a born-again Christian. John Newton became a pastor. He worked alongside Wilberforce to stop the slave trade. He actually just about a week before he died, the law was passed that there would be no more slave trade. And he worked in that trade for many, many years. He also wrote the great hymn, Amazing Grace. But John Newton said these words, our work is great. Our time is short. And the consequences of our labors are infinite. Our work is great. It's a great work. We remember Nehemiah when he left Babylon to go and, and uh, by a burden, he went to, back to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem had been lying there in rubble for decades and decades. No walls around Jerusalem. It was an open city. Jackals could come in and go out. But Nehemiah went to rebuild those walls. He had no construction background. He just had a burden for the state of Jerusalem. And we read in chapter 6 and verse 1. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, that Sanballat and Geshen sent to me, saying, Come, let's meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. See, not everybody is happy or excited about the great work that God calls his people to do. So I sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing a great work. So I cannot come down. Amen. I cannot come down. You're not going to pull me down or bring me down from this work. I am doing a great work, so I cannot come down. Why should I? And why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you who don't care too, Bob, about the eternal purposes and the eternal things of God? So Nehemiah was involved in a great work, rebuilding The walls of Jerusalem, an epic work of biblical proportion. And Imagination's church is also involved in a great work. We have a great commission making his last command. the The first priority of our church. And to keep that as the first priority of our church year after year, and now by God's grace for Carol and I, decade after decade, Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, you are to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone everywhere. The gospel, the good news to everyone everywhere. Our work is great. It's a great work. What you're seeing on the screen is a great work, and there's still much to be done. The Apostle Paul really had a handle on this in Acts 20 and verse 24 when he said these words, My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work, the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. My life is nothing to me if I do not use it to finish the work assigned 
to me. Our great work here at Imaginations Church has also been assigned to us by the Lord Jesus. Every single morning, I confess, as part of my daily confessions, over a thousand times, I have confessed this. I have his assignment. I have his assignment. You don't have to wonder what my life is about. I have his assignment. I also, by God's grace, have his assurance and his assistance. And so do we. Our work is great. But also, our time is short. Our time is short. That's out of my office. I've probably turned that over more than a thousand times. And I quote Robert Moffat. I turn it over and I say, Jack, you have all of eternity to celebrate your victories. But you have one short hour to win them. Time is short. Moses is credited with writing the 90th Psalm. And he says in verse 12, Teach us how short our life is so that we may become wise. Teach us how short it is. Ooh, I don't, I don't, I don't think I want to know that. No, Moses said, no, we need to know that. Because when I realize how short my life is, he said, I get wisdom. I get wisdom. Because I, I look at, I, I, get, I get wisdom. I was listening to a TED Talk the other day by a guy on uh, procrastination. I think it was like the number one TED Talk last year or something like that. It's only a 12-minute TED Talk. He was talking about procrastination, how we put things off, we put things off. And then he put this big, I don't have it, but he put this big uh, chart on the screen. It was, it was a 90-year lifespan, and there was like 4,600 one-week boxes. And every one of those boxes, and of course, many of them he had already lived, so X, X, X. So here's this huge thing with a lot of X's on the boxes. You can only imagine how many narrowly has in her box. Because her and I happen to be just about the same age. <laughs> but it's crazy when you look at those boxes. It's you, it, he felt like this would be a motivation to stop procrastination. Anyway, good TED Talk. Then David says this in Psalm 39 and verse 4. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me, Lord, how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, and how fleeting is my life. I do not know how many grains of sand are in this hourglass, but I do know there's not a perpetual, there's a, lim there's a number. I don't know the number, but there is a number. There's a number. And at some point within the next hour or so, that last sand, that last number will be gone. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me my days are numbered. There's a number for today. And how fleeting my life is. Yes, our work is great, but our time is short. The Apostle Paul said it this way when he wrote to the, uh, to the Romans. He said in Romans 13, 11, This is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. 
Time is running out. Wake up. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So, remo- so because of that, remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Get it right. Get it right. Because the time, because do you know what time it is? Get it right, he's saying. Because we belong to the day. And we must live decent lives for everyone else to see. And so look at what Paul says here. When, he, when you were, if, if what was Paul doing? He was giving the Romans, he was telling them what time it is. And here's what Paul says. He says, it's all the more urgent. Urgent. You almost can hear emergency in urgent. It's urgent, he says. And then he says, the hour is late. What time is it late? Time is running out. It's running out while I speak. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. We have a great work, but we only have a short time. And the message says it this way. Make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all of your day-by-day obligations. I mean things that don't amount to two bob in eternity. That you lose track of time. Have you ever done that? Man, I've sat in my chair and I'm reading and I'm looking up at the clock. All right, I need to leave in 15 minutes. And, I'm, and, and, and all of a sudden I look up and go, oh, what happened to the time? I lost track of the time. And now I'm rushing and now I'm running. Paul says that you lose track of time and doze off oblivious to God. I mean, God's hardly on the radar because there's 30. Oh, he's there, but there's 30 other things right now knocking and buzzing and chirping and blinking and flashing. He says, here's what Paul says. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence. So we've heard from Moses. We've heard from David. We've heard from Paul. And the Apostle Peter says this, 1 Peter 4, 7. Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up. So take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Moses and David and Peter and Paul agree with John Newton. Our time, our work is great, but our time is short. And the consequences of our labors are infinite. What God is doing through us has eternal significance. Narrowly sent me a, a poem this week written by Lois Peters, who's sitting right over here, I believe. And two weeks ago, I preached a message about, you know, for us. Yes, wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. In us. Thank you, Jesus. To us. But it's through us. It's through us that changes the world. And so she, I can tell she was listening to that message. 
There'll be a test at the end of today. And, but, but I'm telling you, Lois, you passed the test. So she wrote this poem, and I just, I've got, I've got, I have permission to read it. It's called The Transfer. All right. Let me just read it to you. For me, he bore the pain for my eternal gain. Through me to tell that story, those words that bring him glory. For me, death lost its power in that life-changing hour. Through me to show the way his love and light displayed. For me, his blessings fall an immeasurable hall. To share those gifts, a must with courage, faith, and trust. For me, his healing hand was part of his grand plan. So my touch now can bless and compassionately express. For me, the church was born in thorn and scorn and storm. Transformed by tongues of fire to call the world up higher. Oh, God, it's all for others, our sisters and our brothers. One prayer, one deed, one word for those who haven't heard. One gift, one sacrifice for our Lord Jesus Christ. The death of self by action and marvelous transactions. A God-man came to earth, and from a lowly birth, he showed and taught the way Make that way mine today. How else will kingdom come? This earth is not my home for accumulating treasures nor pursuing empty pleasures. I have eternal purpose. I'm on a rescue mission. So many souls are lost and in a precarious position. Forgive my apathy, my selfishness, and pride. I'm choosing his commission to his church, his blood-bought bride. The pebble in the pond, the sound waves rippling on to tell the old, old story. I'll make that my life song. Thank you. What God is offering through us Eternal life, forgiveness of sin, adoption as sons and daughters, a forever friendship, a face-to-face -face forever friendship with God. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 20. Anyone who is joined to Christ is a new being. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is done by God who through Christ changed us. Amen. Through Christ changed us from enemies into his friends and gave us the task of making others his friends also. Our message is that God was making all human beings his friends through Christ. God did not keep an account of their sins and he has given us the message which tells how he makes them his friends. Here we are then, speaking for Christ, as though God himself were making his appeal through us. Yes. We plead, we plead, God pleads through us. We plead on Christ's behalf 
Let God change you from enemies into his friends. He has changed us, and now through us, he changes others. Two weeks ago, we read this quote by N.T. Wright, which said, Salvation is not simply God's gift to people. It's God's gift through people to the wider world. The consequences of our labors are infinite. Jesus tells this parable in Luke 16 of Lazarus and the rich man. We know the story, the beggar, uh, uh, Lazarus was laid at the feet of the rich man and they both die. One goes to the bosom of Abraham and the other to Hades. And in this parable, Jesus says, the rich man, he says that the rich man in Hades begged Father Abraham to send Lazarus to his father's house. He said, I have five brothers. He said, Father Abraham, please, I beg you, send Lazarus. Jesus taught us to pray this same way. In Mark chapter 9, and verse 38, therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. I think the Amplified Bible trumps, it, this translation trumps the New King James on, on, on this particular passage. Here's how it says in the Amplified uh, Bible. It says, so pray to the Lord of the harvest to force out and thrust laborers into his harvest. That is a better definition of this word send, ekbalo. It doesn't mean send. It almost means rend. It's a very forceful word. It means to force. Pray. Pray the Lord of the harvest to force out and thrust laborers into his harvest. Again, you can almost hear Paul's words that we read a few minutes ago in Romans 13. This is all the more urgent. The hour is late. Time is running out. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. Now I'm going to read my last scripture. Before I do, I'll ask the team to please make their way forward. This significance is what we've taken this, this little sentence and condensed it all into, that our work is great, our time is short, and the consequences of our labors have et eternal effect. My last scripture this morning is 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 19. Paul said this, I'm a free man. I'm a free man. I'm nobody's slave. But I make myself everybody's slave in order to win as many people 
is possible. To win as many people as possible. To win as many people as possible in our schools right here through our scripture. Through our scripture. I pray the Lord will thrust forth laborers there as well. Rend. I pray the Lord will do that. For anyone who feels a call to ministry or a call to missions at some time in your life and you want to go to an unreached people group in a place where the government is not friendly toward it, then put your hand up to teach scripture in our schools here in New South Wales. To win as many people as possible in our community through Westcare. And you need to understand Westcare has two great outreach ends. One is to the poor and to the needy and to those in help. The other is to the business communities that are partnered with Westcare. There's two great nets to win as many people as possible in our local university here through chaplaincy and what, what's happening there with Sonia. To win as many people as possible in our high schools. God, give us high school workers. To win as many people as possible. To win as many people as possible through our connect groups. Through the events that we run in a year. Even through our Sunday services, morning and evening. And to win as many people as possible through our faith, promise, giving. Would you stand with me? Maybe if you don't mind, stand with the faith promise card in your hand. It's almost like you're standing with a a sword, the sword of the word, or you're standing with something that can push back darkness. You're standing with something that can advance the purpose and the cause of Christ because if we're not going to these places, then we're sending and supporting and resourcing them that are there for the work that they are doing. To win as many people as possible, how should I fill out my faith promise card? You should fill it out with this thought. To win as many people as possible. Yes, we ask what we could give. Yes, we ask, what could we give up? Yes, we ask, what could we believe God for? But when you fill this out, we're taking, not today, we're not filling it out. We're taking it home today. We're bringing it into our home. We're bringing it into our family. We're bringing it into our house, into our marriage, into our children. We're bringing it home. And then we'll fill it out. And I ask you to fill it out thinking of Paul's words. I'm a free man. I'm nobody's slave. But I make myself everybody's slave in order to win as many people as possible. Would you consider this year as you bring your faith promise card back? Thursday night we'll receive, Friday we'll receive, Saturday and most services Sunday. When you look at it, would you just say, Father, this is to win as many people as possible. This is my part, to win as many people as possible. Let's pray together. Our work is great.
Our time is short. And the consequences of our labors are infinite. I thank you, Father, for the great work you've called Imaginations Church to. I thank you, Father, for the great heart. Lord, I just saw $2 million on the screen. What a testimony, Lord, of your people's heart, of the good heart of the boys and girls, the teenagers, the young couples, the singles, businessmen and women, the good heart in this house that together we are, we don't just attend church, Lord, we're part of a vision. We're part of a commission. We're part of something that you've raised up. And I'm asking now, as we move into this week, that we will do everything we can to win as many as we can. In Jesus' name, amen.